presented by Cedar Sinai. Shifty work into the box. And the cross, it's in! Oh, it's LaRue! It's a dream return! Welcome to Casual FC, an Angel City preview pod. I'm your host, Mario Salazar, with my Monday morning merch-wearing co-host, Angela Morales. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that in my work, we have a Monday morning meeting. Tomorrow, I will make sure to wear merch so I can be a merch-wearing Monday morning meeting attendee. <laughs> there you go. Today, we are going to talk to and get to know one of our supporters groups who make up the heart and soul of La Fortaleza in the north end of the stadium. And today, our special guest is Heather from the supporters group Angel City Valkyries. Welcome, Heather. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thanks for being here. It's been really fun doing all these interviews with all the supporters groups. So we're really excited to have everyone here. And it's just been fun getting to know everybody on such a more kind of personal level. And hopefully it comes through. First question that we have on our script is just go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Heather Bourjon. I am currently serving as president of the Valkyries. We've been around since July 2020. So pretty much right after the team got announced. And it's just it's been a fun ride for the last, what, three and a half years now. Nice. It's so exciting. And the Valkyries, I know something we might have to put in a social post or something like that, but I know a lot of the supporters groups are formed also because of geographic areas. The Relentless is a lot more on the IE. Are you guys, would you consider yourself more south or into Orange County, or is that me just making something up? What? Pretty spread out. We have a good chunk of us actually towards the South Bay area. My husband and I are out. We're out in the IE. I live in Elsinore. But we do have members in Orange County. We just lost our Bay Area member to the Bay FC. No. So we knew it was going to happen. And we're really happy for her to have a team closer to home. But yeah, we have members all over the place. We even have a member out in Philadelphia because she's a huge Kristen Press fan. We were founded based on being U.S. soccer supporters originally. So that's how we gathered up a lot of our members. And I think that's why we're so spread out with our group, just because mm. a lot of us came together because we love international soccer. Nice. That leads pageant. straight into the next yeah, question. That's perfect. <laughs> which was, how did you come to the sport? Did you play when you were younger or were you just purely a fan about it? I know you're a, a big part of the U.S. national team support, so... Yeah. How did you come from it from how long ago? So I never played soccer in my life. I wanted to when I was younger. I was really into trying different sports. And so I played through my school. I played basketball. I was terrible at it. And then my first sport I actually played was softball and was okay. But I did have fun. So I played softball for four years through middle school. And when it came time to try out to do soccer, go join AYSO, my mom's like, you're doing too much. Because I also was in Girl Scouts. We did volleyball. So my mom didn't want to stretch me too thin. So soccer just never happened. My first soccer game was, I think, August 2008. My friend was a huge David Beckham fan, and he had just come to the Galaxy. So we had a deal. She would come to a baseball game with me, and then I would go to a soccer game with her. 
And I had so much fun at the soccer game. I was like, I want to do this again. This is a rivalry <laughs> match between Galaxy and Chivas. And oh, wow. I think it was like a 2-2 tie, but like somebody's shirt got ripped and it was just, <laughs> it was crazy. And I was like, this is so much fun. I don't know why pe more people don't do this. And so I actually was tutoring for someone who had Galaxy season tickets and she hurt her knee and the Galaxy were not great in 2008. So she just gave me her ticket. So then I got even closer to the action and it just sucked me in. We went about half the season in 2009 and then by 2010, we had season tickets. And so I tried following a women's team too, because I was also just getting into women's sports. Like I'd watch women's softball a little bit on TV, but the soul folded right after that. I just followed the US national team. And so following through the 2012 Olympics and then eventually getting to go to my first game after that, I had a lot of fun. We got to go to an open practice and meet the team. Wow, I have a really so old cool. picture with Abby Wambach. <laughs> and I just the community around soccer just was amazing so that just led me into following the national teams both men's and women's and having fun and I think the community around soccer is just what makes it unique and so engaging oh I think that's awesome and yeah it's always fun to if you're not already playing the sport or like already into it and when someone brings you in and basically gives you like the taste your dealer basically gives you the little taste and says yeah. hey this is fun keep coming and yeah, it'll be the, great my friend took me to a game to season ticket pipeline is so linear like so many people we've mm -hmm. talked to like i went to my first women's national team game in 2018 or 19 something like that and just as like my schedule never synced up and then I all of a sudden I was like, how do I do more of this? And then Angel City was announced like a millisecond later and I was like, perfect, there we go. And it was just so, okay, I did this one thing and now I have to do it. I have to commit. And it's so much fun to see how that happens throughout different sports as well or like men's to women's and the transition there. Also, thank you for being another person who never played soccer. Because <laughs> I didn't. I know people always ask for like... How did this happen? And I was like, I don't know. I just had really fun or a lot of fun. And yeah, that's, that's the, exactly how it happened. I, this was the one sport I enjoyed being a spectator and not playing. Oh. I, I hate running. So yeah. Same. <laughs> and it's funny because like I only played, I think, two seasons of volleyball in like fifth grade and like seventh grade and then ended up coaching it for a hot minute. But I never, yeah, never got into playing soccer. Like I've run drills with my roommate's son and like my husband was playing for a little bit. So I would kick balls at him. I, I love actually do playing foot golf, but it, there's oh, okay. not a whole lot of skill. I can just kick the ball really far. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things about soccer too, where like the naysayers or the people that are like, oh, it's boring. It's low scoring. It's, it's like, no, football's also low scoring. It's made up points. It's not one point, it's seven. I had conversation like, with one of my coworkers <laughs> after the Super Bowl. He's like, I don't get it. Like, soccer's like two, two. And I was like, what was the final score of the Super Bowl? And he tells me, I was like, so four to two and a half. And he was like, oh, and I was like, it's all pretend. <laughs> it, it's all fun. But the, I think the great thing about what some of the experiences that we've had and the great thing that Angel City has done is the game day atmosphere. I think that's the thing that's gonna pull in casual fans, right? People that just want to come to do something in LA and they come to this match and then you get sucked in. And a lot of times that's just the main way. If you had a bad time in the stands 
at any game, you're just going to be like, eh, yeah, not for me. I'm not going to come back. But I think that's the main key to grab all those um, new fans that's, and how to grow the sport. That's the one thing, like, across, I think, all games. Like, even when the f- play on the field hasn't been the best or your team's just not connecting that day, like, usually the experience around the game and, like, the atmosphere within the stadium, like, it, it's what makes people come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Absolutely. you guys are such a huge part of it. Being in La Fortaleza, like every all the supporters that are in that, and then the fact that the supporters are spread all over the stadium too. You're, like you don't have to be in a supporters group to be there, or you don't have to be there to be in a group. Like it's they're everywhere, and it's just the mm-hmm. fandom and everything. So with that, you did mention you were start. A lot of you started with the national team. How did Valkyries form and actually gel into the Angel City supporters? So we have a leftover group chat. It's not as active as it was a few years back. We had a WhatsApp chat from France. So my husband and I went for our honeymoon. And so way to perhaps USA to fans to connect. We had this WhatsApp to connect when we were in the city. So we'd meet up and kick a ball around the Eiffel Tower. And so we kept that chat going through the pandemic because there were people who were trying to go to Tokyo for the Olympics. Obviously didn't happen in 2020. So <laughs> plans changed. <laughs> a good chunk of people were like Southern California based in that chat. And so when Angel City was announced at the end of the 2020 Challenge Cup, we were all hyped. And Stephanie, who ended up becoming our first president, was like, we should start our own supporter group for them. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And like, it was the pandemic, we're all bored. And I'm like, we could start a supporter group. Mind you, like, this is how I started a AO chapter two, like a few years before this, I was talking to my husband about, I'm like, we should do this. This sounds like a lot of fun. There's so many people in LA that's been just wanting a women's team for forever. Like we see them all show up for us women's national team games. We started the chat going and I let people know who were, I knew were local supporters of women's soccer and started rounding them up. And again, most of them were people that I either met in France or hung out with while we were there for the Women's World Cup. So it was really cool because we also met fans from other teams, not just USA. And so we just put the pieces together and started rolling. That's fantastic. So when it comes to Valkyrie specific, if let's say I'm just like a random stranger and I'm nothing about you guys and I show up at a tailgate and I'm like, what are you about? What's your elevator pitch to get them hooked? We're just here to have fun and watch soccer and tailgate. (laughs) Obviously we do get loud in the stands too. But we were really focused on just bringing that fun atmosphere and community that we all fell in love with to L.A. Not that L.A. wouldn't already have that, but like our own brand of it as well. That's fantastic. A lot of the common thread with all the groups is bringing that support, that L.A. support in in the flavor that needs that it needed to be for women's soccer. Right. Like the, the brand or the flavor that the men's support has or even the national team support is not exactly, you know, what was going to work in LA. Like you can't copy paste support. (laughs) That's not a thing. Like support has to come from the members, the the kind of organically. And I think that's been a common thing with all the groups, which I'm really glad to hear is that everybody had a want to create their own thing and create that thing that's very special and unique to LA and to Angel City and not the copy paste of XYZ, right? 
Yeah, and I think what's really cool with like just the LA support is like we do have a rich supporter culture between two MLS teams. Now we have MLS pro teams, there's USL teams. And so I feel like even for the people who came with supporter background, like we took the best parts of our experiences and threw that all in together. And I don't see not everyone's going to get along every single time and we'll have our differences, but it doesn't have the toxicity that I've seen within the men's game as much. And so I think it's meshed into something like really cool and beautiful, like on game days. Yeah, it's so like fluid in that sense of, like you said, not everybody's different. Everybody's going to have their days, but there's such this communal effort to put forth the best version of the supporter culture because it's, that's so much of why I don't like going to men's games is because I'm just like, I don't, I just want to chill, take a deep <laughs> breath. Like, I want to come and have fun after work or like on the weekend. And that's exactly what Angel City is for me. Do I love the game? Am I sitting there screaming my head off and having a hard time trying not to loudly heckle a referee? Yes. <laughs> but it doesn't feel as like tumultuous in that undercurrent of energy. It's more joyful. And I feel like that's the difference is that we're all just so freaking happy to be there and like happy to be amongst friends because like we were, my girlfriend and I were out for a friend's birthday last night and this one guy's, yeah, you know, we started talking about sports and he's like, yeah, I really need to get it to an Angel City game. And I was like, oh, Angel City, what do you know about that? Like <laughs> instantly we were just drawing him and he's like, oh, I just wish I knew, like had a way to get to know more about the team as I'm digging through my bag, pulling out podcast stickers. Here you go. <laughs> this is what we do. And But it's that. It's every time you're walking around the city or outlying cities wearing Angel City merch or your supporter group merch and people see it. It's I know you. I know the kind of person you are in the best way. And I just think it's so important. And it's so cool that we have so many different flavors of that same energy. Yeah, I was at a Galaxy preseason game a couple of weeks ago, and one of the security people walked by and they're like, oh, you're from the Valkyries, right? I'm like, yeah. And I did. I feel bad because I did not recognize her. So she's listening. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She knew, my, <laughs> she knew my name, but she had sunglasses on and I think a beanie. So it was kind of hard to place her. But yeah, it was just super cool that, hey, like we still connect like even outside of Angel City games. I used to have an Angel City lanyard that I wore to work. And it was funny because more of the men, like the guys who work with our soccer teams at our school sites were like, oh, you're an Angel City fan. I was like, yeah, I cap out for them and go to as many games as I can. And they're like, that's so cool. And so trying to get some of them out to the games. I'm like, come on, support, let's go. <laughs> totally. You can do it. So come you, on, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy, come on. <laughs> you talked a lot about doing a lot for the women's national team and the men's national team and traveling to see them play other places. We've been asking everyone, like, what's your favorite women's soccer memory pre-Angel City? We've now expanded it to, like, soccer in general because everybody has a different background. But if you can narrow it down to, like, top three. Okay, what, I'm glad like, you said top three because I have three. So the earliest best moment is I did meet my husband at a U.S. Women's National Team game. It was the 2015 send-off against Mexico. And so just, oh, I met the person who was spending the rest of my life with at that game. And it was just by accident. He was helping another American Outlaws chapter set up because he was there on his own. And then we were, for whatever reason, they had us loading in at, it's now Dignity, but they had us loading in at a completely opposite corner than where our tailgate was. So my friend from Houston actually 
drove her car over. And so she parked it outside while she was loading in her banner. And then my friends and I were getting in the car with her. And so we saw him by himself and we're like, hey, you want to come with us? And so I was planning on getting in the back of the SUV because like my friend had some drinks back there for me. And he being a gentleman, like, oh, you can sit with your friends. And I was like, oh. So one of our first pictures together is him in the trunk of this car. And that was a running <laughs> joke about how I met my husband in the by throwing him in the back of a car. <laughs> and then another top moment, I didn't actually watch the game or have a whole lot of experience, but there was a women's national team game, Tournament of Nations game on our wedding day. Um, and they, I forget like who they were playing. But I just remember while everyone was at cocktail hour, like people were watching the game on their phones and they were cheering <laughs> and we had a fun soccer wedding. And then, that. of course, the 2019 World Cup final, because that was our honeymoon. So we women's soccer has just been built into our relationship along yeah. the way. So oh, it's been that. fun. And so that was also my first time out of the country. And so just experience. I think we, we went to every game except for the first one because school wasn't out yet. So I had to wait for school. And. And then I literally dropped off my keys and we went to LAX and we spent pretty much all day Saturday flying out there and then was at the game against Chile in Paris the next morning. It was crazy. Wow. That's so cool. (laughs) Just (laughs) genuinely so cool. So now that so we have your three pre-Angel City favorites. What has been your favorite memory with Angel City? Like at any point of what Angel City is and has been and will be. (laughs) This was really hard. So I'm glad you guys like sent me the questions ahead of time (laughs) because I could think of like at least three, if not more, even in two years. But I want to say just like that first home opener at Now BMO. And everything was just so crazy leading into that game. Like we were all really busy. It was a Friday night and that stadium was packed. And I remember, like, they had running with the angels, like, the ladies performing on the field and just the way the stadium set up. Like, I couldn't hear anything (laughs) from them. (laughs) Julie Foudy was, like, next to me. And you're like, what was that? Just because all the sound is going the other direction. (laughs) But just hearing, like, when we first kicked off and the crowd erupts, like, that was the coolest moment. Being in the capo stand, getting to experience that. I've had, like, similar experiences in the men's game like I was actually on the field when the San Jose Earthquakes played their first game at PayPal Park and in the stadium and that was I think Angel City blew that moment out of the water because like we just wanted a women's team for so long in Southern California like since the soul went away and I think all of that just led up to that moment and you could feel it in the energy and like it hasn't stopped that was just the beginning and like you could see it come back for games. Everyone's hyped, everyone's happy, and everyone's here to support women's soccer and just see the sport continue to flourish. Yeah, I think I was in tears for at least the first 10 minutes of the game. Like it was just <laughs> overwhelming, wonderful everything. Yeah, I'm the ultimate crier as <laughs> most people who have listened to any episode of this podcast have heard. I will get emotional <laughs> the more I talk about women's sports. We were joking with Kat when we did her interview. Oh, are we both going to cry? And then we did. (laughs) I remember seeing Kat like multiple times and she was just like, like that day. And even now, like just seeing everything come together. And like that first Challenge Cup game in Fullerton, like obviously Mm -hmm. 
We're like, why are we playing in Fullerton? Why are we playing in our stadium? But it's honestly a good play. It was a fun like warm up. And like for, as the supporters, it was like, oh, we have a game to cheer drink to. Yeah. And so it was one of those. It was a good practice for us. And Natalie Portman came out and was like straight up cheering. And I remember there was a photographer for NWSL in Fullerton that kept walking in front of our capos. And so I was like being capo bodyguard because I wasn't like stepping in at the time. And I finally got in the guy's face. I'm like, dude, you can't walk here. Like we were using our, we use these table runners to create like a mini TIFO the first game. And mm-hmm. so I was blocking it off and this guy kept going under it. And he's, I'm here to promote you. And I was like, I'm looking up at a full section. And I straight up told him, like, we don't need you. We did this ourselves. (laughs) And I remember telling Austin from the front office later, he was like, okay, we'll handle it. Like, I, and then I found out later he was from, the guy was from NWSL. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) But still, it was one of those moments where, yo, like, we've done something amazing here. And y'all are just finding out about it, like, at the league level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we... You all made your mark. It was there too, but it, 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 we've mentioned before that we're not like in the supporter section. So we're not in the drums and chants and flags and stuff. But Angel City, the supporters and everything, just from day one left their mark. Like we jumped up to the conversation of, ooh, the best supporters in the league being the established Thorns and Angel City. It's yeah. like they're like automatically brand new kid on the block, but we're at the top is sure. in terms of like fan support, in terms of potential on the field, in terms of everything is just look, we are shooting, we're shooting our shot high. And I think the supporters really brought it because all of a sudden, I just remember talking to people at work trying to get them to be like, yeah, there's yeah, there's a team like I work in Crenshaw. I literally work down the expo line. Like, I can take the expo line to the games (laughs) midweek, and it's three stops away. Um, And I'm like, yeah, let's just get on the train and let's go. But the one thing that they all do here is about the game day atmosphere and the supporters and the drums and chants and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they're badass, and you need to go to a game. You need to go see them. (laughs) My first NWSL game was actually up in Portland. And so it was a crazy trip because I was living in the Bay Area at the time. So, like, we went to a Timbers versus Earthquake game on Saturday night. And then the next morning it was like Timbers 2 versus Sac Republic. So we went out way out of Portland to go to that game. Came mm-hmm. back into town Sunday night for the Thorns. It was their season opener and it was the first game against Orlando Pride. And that was the Pride's first game and Alex Morgan's like return. And so mm-hmm. just feeling that atmosphere around women's soccer, I'm like, I need to be a part of this. <laughs> and so I kind of like loosely followed the Thorns just because that was the first game I went to. But I remember like watching their capos and their supporter section. I was like, yo, they go just as hard for the men as they do the women. And yeah, so the Riveters in my no mind, joke. when we were getting this all started, I'm like, that's what I want to see. I want to see people mm-hmm. going just as hard for the women's team, if not harder than they do for their men's team. And I 100% think we're there. And it was cool because during the NWSL final game, I got to see that same capo. Like I remember meeting her and fangirling over her. I think her name's Sunday. And she's just a really cool person. And so I told the story. About, I'm like, you were my bar of like what we found <laughs> on in our supporter section. And it was really cool to have that like kind of full circle moment with mm-hmm. another capo and like talking to other supporters. So, yeah, like I, I think we've I don't want to say like we've surpassed Portland, but I definitely think like we have that similar like going just as hard for the women's team as the men's team 
And like we've also added in our own flavor because we're not holding ourselves to that. Like we're going beyond and making it our own. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, every supporter group took every bit of knowledge they had of supporter culture from across the game and took all the good parts and said, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's improve on what's already there. And that's, I think, the biggest difference is that it's just good. That's it. Yeah, we all, like, whenever any group has pulls out, like, a bunch of yellow or red cards, it's my favorite thing. We both sit across, like, we're on the opposite end. to get to see all the way up the entire supporter section. You just see, like, red cards being pulled out or yellow cards <laughs> or whenever there's a, like, a dramatic action on the pitch, you see the entirety of La Fortaleza react and it's just it's so moving because it's just this like collective agreement of i am a ride or die for this team like we all have different belief sets we all come from different backgrounds but this team is our collective common denominator yeah and i think at the end of the day like that's what centers all six supporter groups and anyone who comes into la fortaleza is that we're here for the team we're here for Mm -hmm. the players on the field and so whether we win, lose, tie, like, we're here for you. Obviously, it's more fun when we win, but <laughs> it's still going to be a party no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The game against Portland, that last one of the season, Ooh. I had it was a little traumatic in the beginning of the game for me because it was really hot that day. And I had to spend some time with the medical team. And oh, I no. Ate great Gatorade. And I actually drank it to try and, like, just get my energy back up and like the front office is really cool with helping me because there's a lot going on that day obviously and so after about 20 minutes I got put in a seat that was actually in the shade and but like aim itself was amazing and ruining Portland's day (laughs) was a lot of fun because I'm sometimes petty like that so after having like a weird like moment oh I did get to make my seventh graders jealous because I got to meet Epi Trinket and they were reading Hunger Games at the time so <laughs> I, I try not to fangirl over the celebrities, but that was one where I was like, oh, my gosh, my students are reading like this book right now. But yeah, so like just, I guess, ruining Portland's day because they were trying to get the shield. And yeah. then not. That was a good so, time. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that game like the, in the preview up for the Portland game. I was like, we have to score as many goals as possible. We need to make Bella Bixby regret that back heel, like everything. <laughs> and then it just kept happening. And I was like, oh my God, am I a witch? Do I see the future? Is this the best thing that's ever happened to me? Uh, I didn't know what to expect going into that game because Portland had been so dominant. Like, yeah, them and San Diego. So I was like, oh gosh, like this could be really bad. And then our girls understood the assignment and just knocked their socks off. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the few games where, like, I did spend half the game on my phone, but that was only because I was, like, keeping track of all the other scores. And oh, yeah. Text- and texting Angela and being yeah. like, all right. And because I had all, I went through this whole thing about permutations. And if this happens, this happens. If that happens, this happens. Like, <laughs> every time something changed, I was like, okay, now we're the, we're here. We need this. We need that. But it, that was such a... It's such an exciting roller coaster of a game. And especially, we just it just kept going up and up. And it just was way better than our final game the year before. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. And like, I know I was trying to like post to stories and it got to the point where I had to text one of my people who weren't even at the game to start 
reposting because we were just getting tagged left and right on Instagram. So I couldn't post anything natively from my phone because I never got back in the the Capo that game. But I was able to follow along with what was going on in the rest of the league. We're like, we're in. We're not. We're in. We're (laughs) Crystal, who was also helping in social media. I'm like, can you like repost this stuff? Because nothing was connecting just because everybody was freaking out. Yeah. So it was (laughs) such a fun and unique experience. And I was like, oh, this is what I live for. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you in your memory of the first game and the fact that you were in the Cavill stand for the first game. Everybody's experience of that game, it's wonderful to hear the different perspectives, especially because people were spread all over the stadium. And when we were talking to Kat, she was mentioning how the first goal went in. And then immediately when the like second goal went in, she basically jumped on Austin. <laughs> and Austin was like able to hold her. But like, how was... What was your experience like on that first game? Because I know not, I know that Capos, because you're facing, your back is facing the field, you don't always see what's happening, right? Like you're reacting to everybody else that's facing the field and you're like directing. So how did that first game actually go for you? Or were you able to experience all those moments by turning around or you had the experience and you were half turned? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember much about the play on the field like obviously like I could see where my capos this capo stand I'm usually in I can see the one screen off to the side but Mm -hmm. I'm not paying attention to that all the time because I'm trying to make sure that I'm watching the count for whatever chant we're on because we use like a number system and then the center capo stand is like the capo DJ with that so they're like throwing up the number signs we're trying to confirm that we heard it and or we saw like the signals and then I know we were still kind of working out some of the signals at the time. So it take, that's an extra point of having to capo in that stadium when you have three capo stands. Because, like, I've capoed for USA Games and my co-capos next to me. So I don't have to, like, signal <laughs> to them as much. So it is a unique experience capoing here. And I will tell you, like, when the other team scores, because there's not the reaction to it, I won't know until 10 minutes later sometimes. <laughs> because I remember, like... One time I was like, oh, when did that happen? So, yeah. But the cool thing is, like, there's certain nuances, like, you notice because you're facing the crowd. So I know one of our chants, like, the drummers start to sway back and forth. And, like, we're doing it, too. But it's just kind of, that was always my favorite part, is watching the drummers just go back and forth and sync while they're drumming. And then when we have the phones out, doing the lights, like, I get to see all of that, where, like, the supporter section... Like when you're facing the field, you don't always get to see those things. Mm -hmm. So it just creates like this, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. Because I get the same experience you do when you're not sitting in the section. And then of course, all the sound is coming at me and going behind (laughs) me. So I'm always like, how do I sound on the, I hate hearing my own voice. (laughs) I was terrible as a Zoom teacher. I never wanted to edit anything I recorded because I'm like, I'm not listening to it. Here, go. <laughs> but I was always like, oh, how can they hear me okay? Because the mega, we were using megaphones a lot the first season and laid off last season. And so I don't know how well that sound actually carried. But yeah, I mean, it's just seeing those little details like of the crowd, seeing everybody's faces and how excited they were. I think for me, that was kind of like the coolest moment. And then one of the mosaic photographer got a really cool picture of me at the end of the game handing off my megaphone to Dee, Dee after we won. And yeah. that was the first time we did the call back, like the ACFC in that stadium. Yeah. And that's still one of my favorite pictures from that game. Beside, because like, it's just like that, yeah, we did this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because you always hear about the interviews 
from the players. They're like, yeah, no, I could hear the fans. The fans are what drove me on. And I feel like that moment really encapsulated like those sentiments of we're in this together. Like we got this. Yeah, I was wondering how the megaphone down to the players started. So thank you for answering (laughs) an unknown question. I think all of these memories and everything has been really awesome. And thank you, Heather, for lending us your time to talk about the Valkyries and talk about just the amazing things that the Fortaleza has been doing. How, before we sign off, how can people find out more about Valkyries and is there anything else you wanted to promo things that are coming up now that we have the schedule we already first day tailgates probably already being planned out yeah you can follow us at ac underscore valkyries on pretty much every social media platform and so we'll post what's going on with our group there we're in the process of planning our tailgates so last year we started doing theme tailgates based on our opponents and so we still need to work out that schedule. Unfortunately, this, we're not only going to have seven tailgates because yeah. we got a lot of weekday games this year. But feel free to swing by. They're open for everyone. Away supporters are always welcome. I know we have fans from Bay FC joining us for the home opener. So we're usually in the corner near kind of nestled between Relentless Ladies and Mosaic. So come stop by, grab a beer with us or some food. And we'd love to have you join us. And... I can't wait for the season to start. I've I've got goosebumps. It's we're yeah. we're just about a month away, and yeah, it's been that. I believe everybody who's even remotely a fan and just wants to go to those games is just biting at like their tickets to be like, okay, when is March coming? Come on, March can't come faster. This we have the- that game next weekend. <laughs> yeah, the so, Golchella. Yeah, it's a little too far for me. But and family, but I do really wish we and that's going to be an interesting game, too, because it is with Bay and then we play Bay as our first game. So it'll be a good preview match. Yeah. And they're playing on Tuesday night before Mm -hmm. that. So actually this coming Tuesday. So I'm I'm bummed they're not streaming it because I'm okay. I want to see what they do. Yeah, (laughs) I know. When they play Wave and they play us. So um, I'm excited to go out there. I was. I wanted to make sure it's where I was like, oh, I'm skipping the messy game to be here. And then I realized the messy game for Galaxy is like the next day. So <laughs> I took away my like, haha, whoa, so over bro, so moment. But <laughs> I'm still like, I'm so hyped to go out there and see women's soccer again. We do have the Women's Gold Cup going on. So shout out to everyone who showed up for those games yesterday, the triple header. It looked like yeah. so much fun. I had FOMO watching it. <laughs> I was like, I should have gone. But I'm excited to get to some women's game or U.S. women's games. It's going to be a lot of woso over the next month or so for me. I can't wait. That's a good problem to have, I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Heather, thank you so much again for joining us and taking time out of your day to hang out with us, answer a bunch of questions, and hopefully get you even more excited for the upcoming season. So, yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. And if you like all this, Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you are listening to this outside of the big three. We, if you haven't already, at least, we love finding out we get more followers. You can check out casualfc.com for all of the podcast links if you need another platform to listen to them on. You can also get our merch there, send us more women's soccer podcasts, what have you. You should follow us on social media all over the place at casualfcpod, but primarily Instagram. TikTok, Threads, and Twitter. 
make sure you tell a friend about the podcast. We joke that it brings good luck. But as we've said more and more recently, we started this podcast middle of the way last season, and then we went undefeated for 11 games and made it to the playoffs. So I'm just saying that Cause the effect. more you share the podcast, the more good luck there is. And then if you feel so inclined, please help support the podcast by buying us a coffee. You can check out the link in all of our social bios or go to buymeacoffee.com slash casualfcpod. And yeah, I we'll see you at the home opener. We'll make sure to come say hi and drop off some stickers and hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Also, Thank we you. can't wait. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody.